podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is DCT, and you're listening to the very sexy, the audio dream that is. Deep sleep, suplex, retweet, oh. The main question we tend to ask everybody is, what was it that got you into wrestling? <laughs> kind of just, to be honest, it's the exact same thing as everybody else. Mm-hmm. I started watching it when I was about 10. I loved The Rock and Kurt Angle and guys like that. And pretty much watched it through the, yeah, the bulk of my teenage years, bar maybe a year where my parents cancelled Sky Sports for <laughs> a year for some sick reason. It's torture. <laughs> Back, uh, back in the old pre-YouTube days when... Uh, no, you have to actually watch on the, t- the main channel. Exactly, you kind of get the same yeah. content. Um, but yeah, uh, so, I mean, basically the way everybody gets into it now is can you just Google mm-hmm. a wrestling school. And that's what I did six years ago. Yeah. I say that ten years ago, I actually trained very briefly when I was 18 at the old SWA right. Area 52. Mm-hmm. It was a kind of different time. Um, the training wasn't really the same as what it is now yeah. is a much higher standard and um, to be honest I was just wanting to get drunk and <laughs> fun with my pals and as you I wasn't, yeah I wasn't really as kind of dedicated to it and I did maybe two months of it and then high time but four years later got fully back into it I went to Wrestlemania 28 in Miami and ah, it was, great. It was a good oh, show I thought it was brilliant <laughs> and I've said this in a, a few things before but like, I saw The Undertaker walking down to the ring and mm-hmm. it's the it was proper dark, mm-hmm. one of the best atmospheres ever, mm-hmm. and I just thought, well, if I can, like, if I could feel one percent of what this guy's feeling right now, because it must be the, the greatest buzz ever. Hi, walking down in front of seventy thousand people. I mean, it would say that's his last big moment match. That one at twenty eight. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe the one. So. Maybe the one the year later was a good match, but it wasn't quite the same feel as the sell with him. I think it was probably Michaels. his last kind of proper five star sort uh, of yeah. classic match. And uh, Triple H and did Shawn Michaels as a special guest ref, and it was just. Aye, a great atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Aye, all, all and everything was quite perfect in that one. Yeah. But that, so later on in the show, obviously, was The Rock. Oh, aye. The Rock in what's well, kind of his hometown in Miami, and it was, a, pun kind of intended, it was like. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like the next weekend, got home, and I just straight away contacted contacted Source. Aye. Go back in. Aye, because you, you mentioned there, obviously, you were quite talked about you had to be with your pals all the time. Mm. Everybody knows Simon Casty was one of your pals. Am I right in saying that you both trained together originally? Uh, that's right, yeah. Way, yeah. Hey, do, do you know what? Simon was actually better than me. Right. Um, Simon could bump better than the rest of us. It was me, him, and two of my mates, and mm. we all kind of gradually. Well, Simon actually got hurt doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, like he never really wanted to be a wrestler. He always wanted either like a commentator or a, a manager. Mm-hmm. And he somehow ended up being the ring announcer because he discovered he has a loud, booming voice and he can speak <laughs> clearly. So it, I think he always looked at it as uh, like he wanted to do something kind of in the spoken realm as opposed to mm-hmm. the physical realm. Yeah. So uh, obviously he succeeded not in the way he thought he would, but that's kind of wrestling, you kind of fall into whatever role suits you. I mean, I thought I was going to be a serious technical wrestler. I wanted to be Kurt Angle with the wrestling machine, but I ended up being Kurt Angle with a wee cowboy hat. 
<laughs> Suppose you're still cut angling away, you know. Exactly. Aye. Right, so um, <laughs> you said you trained. Uh, you went to Source Big Demo, I'm right in saying. Yep, spot on. We've talked to a lot of Scottish guys, guys in the Scottish scene. A lot of them credit Big Demo to being where they are or where they got to. I mean, ah. how big a part did he play to you? Absolutely huge. I mean, he between him and Mikey Whiplash, they kind of they taught me kind of everything. Mm-hmm. I know, mm-hmm. not everything they know, because they've got a wealth of experience. Um, but like, Demo was always kind of he was tough on us, but like he would, he would, he would explain things. Whip is the same. Like, he'll always be able to pick apart the minute details, and I think that sets sets them apart mm-hmm. from a lot of trainers kind of all over the place. Don't get me wrong. Like I'd say that the standard is very high across Scotland, mm-hmm. especially the central belt. Like there's, there's not really a bad school you can mm-hmm. go to. But I'd say the attention to detail, like I've kind of tried to take a lot of what, how they approach wrestling. Uh-huh. But like Demo was, at the start, he was more focused on us. He wasn't, you know, I don't think he was fully confident mm-hmm. in himself at, at one point because he was focused on the school. And I know he spoke to Fergal Devitt and right. well, Finn Balor now. And Fergal said to him, you are so much better unless you could be a kind of top guy I just you need to be more selfish and that was his problem he wasn't selfish enough for a while but he was a freakish talent I remember uh, the first ICW show I went to the Shugs the first Shugs aye. and he fought Joe Hendry and he did the Van the Van Daminator aye, across aye. it and I'm thinking whoa this guy's massive and he's flying across across the ring you know he's... the scary thing with Demo is like he, he obviously put the work in to gain size because Demo used to be like smaller than me I've heard that I used uh, to be I mean this is you know like 10 years ago but he was like probably 13 stone just he used to be a runner right so he was just there was no size on him whatsoever and he's, it, over the over the years he, he packed it on and became like this brilliant super heavyweight so he kind of carried over a bit of the athleticism from that but mm. you know most of the time he could get away with just smashing people which is which is better it kind of suits him more he you still speak to him at all? you have any contact with him? Every now and then. Because obviously he is killing it. Open NXT now and SmackDown's killing Davis. Yeah, he's, he's doing great. But it's been a while, to be honest. So you mm. kinda, see, when you don't see ah, guys mm. all the time, like you do kind of... You don't, I haven't lost touch with him, but somewhere about six months after he'd been signed, he was home for Christmas with a couple of beers. But it has been a while. I think he's been signed for about two years. A couple of years now he's yeah. been up there and I've been there now. But, so. No, he's, got, he's, he's absolutely killing it. Still keeps up an interest in all the boys as well. He, he likes to see what everybody's most, doing. Most of them do. They say that way. Drew as well. He keeps quite a lot of interest oh, yeah. in what's going on there here, which is a credit considering also where he is at the moment as well. I'd say what, with what Demo did for that school, because there was a point when a lot of people were leaving. Sort of maybe a few months before I came in. Mm-hmm. I think there was a real kind of changing in the guard. In that sort of time period, everything was just all over the place, and Demo reeled it all in and took charge when he just, I mean, at that point, he was just wanting to be a wrestler, and then all of a sudden, he's a promoter, he's a he's a trainer, mm-hmm. and I credit him for so much of the, the quality of Scottish wrestling just now. Yeah, and obviously, Mikey Whitlush has kind of carried it over. Oh, absolutely. Currently, he's doing a great job there. Talk about, talk about also how you originally came in. You kind of originally just came in under the, the David Campbell Thompson one. Uh, I was referred last night to an example one of your early appearances in ICW in the square boat the garage ah, yes. with Mr Renfrew yes. uh, where he literally slapped you out of the, out of the square right. boat match well it was actually we'd kind of we'd 
two months before that, I debuted in the in a very similar circumstance. It was a SWA battle zone, mm-hmm. and I was kind of given the opportunity to go in and be just you know stick on a pair of tights and just be another wrestler. Mm-hmm. Or I could go in and I was doing this journalist character because it's me and Simon at the time were running the Wrestle Shark website and mm-hmm. doing our own podcast. You're welcome, by the way. We laid the, the strong foundations clearly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, so I was doing a very much a comedy sort of character, mm-hmm. and that led to being in the ring for five seconds where. Renfrew, who at the time officiously looked like this pimp character called Sweet Daddy P. Right. I'm not sure if they're the same person. I've <laughs> never seen them in the, the same room though. <laughs> so yeah, I get pimp slapped over the top rope and we kind of recreated that in the square row and we did it the next year as well. And then. Aye, so not exactly the most the spectacular start, but. but it's one that's clearly still remembered if that's one of the things kind of comes up. Hey, at the end of the day, somebody's got to do the Santino Marinella <laughs> bit, so... <laughs> I suppose, aye. But then we eventually started seeing these sort of vignettes a few, I think it was a few months later, where you started to display this sort of, kind of sex symbol type character, yeah. which would become the DCT we kind of see today. Yeah. Where did the DCT gimmick kind of come from, um, from there? Well, I did about a full year doing the journalist thing, and it mm-hmm. kind of ran its course. It was like, aye, it's fine. And I was, I was refereeing in ICW for a bit as well. And I did the journalist gimmick on uh, the Mary Hill show right. in 2013, and then it was like, well, I've done a big character now, I can't really go back to being a referee. Mm-hmm. So they didn't really have anything for me to do then after mm-hmm. that, and in a few months, so I was kind of still hanging about, kind of paying, paying my dues, building the ring and all that sort of stuff. Um, but Renfrew phoned me one day and he'd been going through a bunch of music that he'd been sent and he said, I've got an idea for a, a character, it's the International Sex Hero. Right. And I was like, okay, I'm listening. <laughs> um, so he said, I'm going to send you this song, listen to it, we're going to base it all around that. It's like an Austin Powers sort of over the top, kind of 80s, 70s inspired sort of thing. <laughs> and it was like, I think you'd be a really good fit for this. So, I, my character is based off a song, <laughs> which there's, there's probably not, uh, not, very, not very many of us that can say that. Most people tend to come up with a gimmick first and then get, try and get something that suits. But yeah, so we just kind of rolled with that and they sent me out on an, an Edinburgh show at Studio 24 mm-hmm. um, just to do commentary, do a promo, see how the crowd reacted to me. And I got a great reaction, but mm-hmm. in the first couple of months it didn't really pick up because I don't think they, again, they didn't have a lot for me to do. Right. I'd get the commentary spot again a couple of times and I was just kind of floating but, yeah. for a while. <clears throat> but I mean, I loved the character, I loved doing the vignettes and maybe a couple of matches um, before full promotions all came about. Yeah, I think you had one with Jester around about the time before he drew a match. I think that was a, yeah. you had to go out and job, kind of job him a wee bit. And well, that was kind well, of like I could say job, but I, mean, I, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, well, I, I was kind of just put out there to be the sacrificial lamb, yeah. to be honest. Which is fine, you know, everybody's got to do it at some point. Yeah, exactly. Again, I had no problem doing that sort of stuff. There's people whose ego would be too big to allow it, but I was like, I'm not doing anything else. <laughs> so, <laughs> whatever chance they give me, take it. Yeah. 
a big smile on my face and just made the most of it. And no, exactly. You said you you eventually will get something out of it, and then you did when the promo promotion stuff came about. And it, obviously yeah. at that point they were mainly just a tag team. It was it was Mark, it was Jackie. I think Coach was about there. They weren't they weren't even really a tag team at this point because like the whole kind of I think they were kind of like premise was it was kind of to be like Heenan family a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Jackie was meant to pretty much be a manager who would wrestle occasionally. Mm-hmm. Like he wanted to kind of push Mark to the forefront and mm-hmm. Mark be like Zero G and potentially the future world heavyweight champion and mm-hmm. then push me to the forefront and maybe work me up to the Zero G or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not happened <laughs> still to this day. <laughs> but again, like, it kind of was just the idea was to push us to the forefront but then with Coach coming in eventually. Mm-hmm. Coach kind of fell into the manager role. Yeah. And Jackie wrestled more mm-hmm. and it just kind of yeah, became like a four-man team which was yeah, really. Yeah, because obviously everybody knows you have pals with the, them in, in real life as well. They always, yeah. they always say with these things, you're always, it's always good to work with your, your friends. I kind of, I watched that, uh, was it the something else to wrestle with, with the, the Pritchard one in WWE, okay. and he talked about AJ Styles. Loved yeah. working with Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, because they were always pals. Yeah. Obviously, you know the guys quite well. You can have a great time, and obviously, when they, however long he was, you were in that stable. Mm. It kind of showed that he's were up, you know, you're really just having a good time, and that's yeah. he's transitioned more into the face type role as yeah. opposed to originally as the heel. Oh yeah, we were more, we were meant to be, we were trying to be so uncool <laughs> and hated, but and don't get me wrong, Jackie had no problem. They still hated Jackie, but like, they kind of they liked me, they liked Coach. They wouldn't always like Mark, but they always respected yeah. Mark, because he's just an incredible wrestler. Mm-hmm. Everybody. I don't think anybody could argue that Mark's at the top of his game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, it has been for years. Like Mark's just one of these kind of naturally talented wrestlers, but he also, like him, and, him and his brother and Jackie, like the three of them, they've all got this mad work ethic mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't have. Yeah. On top of kind of natural athletics. Mm-hmm. And all that. Naturally, I'm going to say nice things because they're my pals, <laughs> but no, I, like, I, re- I really do. Believe it, you know. Yeah, um, I kind of lost my train of thought. Oh, God. <laughs> Just saying nice things about my family. <laughs> Hopefully, they do listen. Uh, <laughs> One day, they're like, nah, "Oh, yeah, they're, good. they're good to you." Nah, they're probably not. <laughs> <laughs> if I know them, they do probably won't. Uh, you said about coach. Obviously, oh, yeah. the coach comes in. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Shame, shame up. And uh, you're, you're, you're still with him to this day. Obviously, yeah. he's part of each other's gimmick now. Yeah, well, yeah. definitely. Like, say, like, I, I try and I always like when I'm doing other bookings and stuff, I try and get coaching with me. Not everybody, not every promotion wants to bring in a manager. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I've sometimes got reckless intent and we'll do a tag match, uh, same with Target. I did one last week actually. Mm-hmm. Did a tag and I'm like, I always try and get coached something somewhere with me because I think me on my own, that's good. But mm-hmm. me with coach is great. Aye. Um, it's like you don't get many guys in the kind of good guy role that have a manager mm-hmm. and like, it somehow works with Coach, that like he gets great sympathy off the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, Coach has been around since like 2002 or something like that. Oh, he's been about, people People forget, obviously, because he's no, not he's... really wrestled much in the Coach yeah, Trick gimmick apart from that one. I had him shame for like 13 years or something like that Aye. before he became Coach Trick. Aye, he's quite well respected by a lot of guys. Yeah, like, I think Coach is one of the kind of, like, see in the back, he is the coach, he's not just my coach, like other people come up to him and say, I've got this idea, can I run it past you? And sometimes I'll be standing there and I'll think, I'm really thirsty. 
and Coach will walk up and hand me a bottle of water. Really? Yeah. And that's happened so many times. And he's always like throws his chewing gum from across the room and stuff. And we're just he, he's he's so spot. Like he is a legit coach as well. Like uh, outside of wrestling, like, he's a he's an SFA qualified coach. Is it actually? Like, it's like under I, under fifteens football or something like that. So he's so he is actually a legitimate coach. He's <laughs> coach. <laughs> It's not a gimmick. I think you remember that at some point in time. <laughs> yeah. uh, just coming ahead, I've always wanted to ask this. One of the shows at the bar is when he fell through the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't have a mouth for Just there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. I completely forgot about that until you told me earlier. I just thought. It's, it, that's my favourite gif of all time. Have <laughs> you ever gifted it? Uh, it, it, it? It never stops being funny. So, the boys had, uh, Jack and Mark had a tag match and me and Coach were coming out for the entrance, so it was always Coach went out first, then me, then the boys. Mm-hmm. And I was standing there and I'm like, oh, if Aris, this is going to be great, I'm going to go out and get this big road warrior pop, because this is kind of the peak of us getting really well liked by the crowd. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> Coach goes out and I hear, I hear a big reaction from him and I'm like, like, oh, yeah, do you like that? Listen to this. And I walked through, and the crowd was like <laughs> laughing. And I'm like, what are we laughing at? And automatically I think, oh my god, have I not put my trunks on or something? Like, Am I naked? I'm having a nightmare. So I look down there and I'm go, wait, where's Coach? Coach! <laughs> and he's down, down a hole. It was like, it was I, was, I was literally stood next to the hole, near next to the hole. It was literally the funniest thing. <laughs> you're kind of lazy, alright, but at the same time, you're like, that is absolutely. <laughs> There's still footage because, see, for a wee while, Coach had the uh, he had a GoPro on his neck. Aye, aye. So there's still footage out there, um, like somewhere on a on a on a memory card. It's the footage from Coach's perspective, <laughs> and I'm dying to see it. God, he nearly actually pulled me in with him because Coach <laughs> Coach isn't the lightest guy in the world. So he's like, he's kind of he's got his feet in his hands, clinging to the top, <laughs> trying not to fall fully into the hole. So I try to pull him up, and then I realised I've not quite got my foot in, I nearly go in. At this point, the boys are walking past us, and they're going, what the <laughs> hell is going on? You actually see Mark turn and look, and he shakes his head. <laughs> Suppose it kind of added, kind of added to, the, to the gimmick in a way, you know, it was kind of like the having, the having, the having fun for the extreme a wee bit. Too much fun. Oh, coach. No, but oh, what did I do without him? Oh, no, but he adds to your game, obviously, with the gets the crowd going as well. Oh, know, the right side, he, he does a great job. You can't, couldn't really imagine the two of oh. not being entertaining. I hate not having him there because I need to do crowd work myself. <laughs> he does it all for me. It's <laughs> Whose idea was it for seeing your entrance mm-hmm. where the bo- you defined the ball up and that? Whose idea was that? Was that his or yours? I want to say it was his idea because he always comes up with wee things like that. Mm-hmm. Between us, we came up with. I think we pieced the entrance together like kind of over time because mm-hmm. uh, we were like well we need to set it apart from what the polos are doing because we used to do the same handshake but then after a point it was like right let's let's do our own thing mm-hmm. um, but the, the ball thing was like I think I'd said that it was like in a backstage promo or something I just I think I just did it uh-huh. like I said we're going to knock out of the park and I like kind of mind doing the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the bat and coach was like like on the next show, I'd completely forgotten about it. And Co- yeah, it was definitely Coach said to me, oh, "Why don't you do that? I'll throw the ball up and you, you hit it." Mm. And I was like, "He's a genius." He just uh, also he's got better memory than me somehow. Mm. <laughs> um, 
Even though he's been hitting the head with more steel chairs than I have. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just coach it. He's really good at coming up with wee daft things that you don't think will work, and then all of a sudden. Got a good mix. Pretty much, they say people have got a mind for the business. Um, I think he would probably fall into that category. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, he comes up with some amount of nonsense as well. That's a, the same mind that jokingly came up with the Irish Referees Association. <laughs> <laughs> that never came to they that say, never they, came to fresh. They say for every so many good lines there's a stinker in there. Um, it happens with everybody. You've got to throw things at the wall and see what it sticks, but uh, no, coaches, uh, I've, I've, I've got far too many good things to say about because it's really helped me uh, over the years. Oh, I, I, I want to, if I go to WWE, I want to take them with me. I, mean, like, I want to take them with me. Negotiation bids, this is what I want. <laughs> exactly. This is, this is my demand. <laughs> I don't care about the pay, I want uh, this man. Okay. Talking about Shugs now, the event itself, okay. it's probably an event that you're quite synonymous with in history. Yeah. We talk about the second Shugs when we had the wedding yep. with you and Viper. Just talk for a minute about that whole wedding thing, that the actual, at the event itself, and obviously the vignettes that went with it, the stag do. Oh, yes. The stag do was just, that was, that was amazing. The videos. Well, we'll start with the stag, um, because again, we were, this was when ICW on demand was first kind of coming about, and mm. we were deep into the, 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 the polos, kind of just becoming good guys, and we we basically wanted to do the polo promotions show, like we wanted to do a kind of maybe a series, like maybe six episodes of some form of. Basically, there were points where we were saying maybe a rip off of like uh, comedians and cars get coffee, mm. um, and a few we were floating around a few different ideas, but we just Basically, we all had such a carry-on like, with no cameras on us mm. and we just wanted that to come across in front of the viewing audience. Mm. Uh, it never quite came to fruition because the budget was kind of focused on other things as mm. opposed to going to us. It was focused more on shows and I think they, they were wanting, they ended up doing like total Davy and uh, yeah, it just kind of got postponed and postponed until eventually, well, mm. they left. <laughs> but uh, again, I, the, the stag do was kind of, I mean it was definitely, you know, just a one-off in terms of length and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but we, it was basically to be the pilot mm-hmm. of the Port Promotion show. Right. Um, and I loved it, like we were legitimately steaming. <laughs> um, we filmed it all over the place, Millport and all over Glasgow and into like Nanakusa and they stuffed our faces with uh, Japanese food and again this is just, it's nothing spectacular that we did in the videos, we were just kind of having a carry on. Aye. Um, poor Adam Carell, poor Adam has to follow, you follow us around for, uh, I, I don't know if it was over a couple of days, I really like, my, my timeline's a bit fuzzy for obvious reasons on that, mm. um, but uh, like part of it went up on YouTube because we had to, I can't, I can't remember why that was, half of it was an on-demand, half of it was on YouTube and it got a great reception, like I was really happy with it um, and most of it was kind of unplanned really, you know I mean? You, sometimes, sometimes the best stuff is yeah, unplanned, you know? Again, like, see when we'd go, like I found that the four of us had a really good dynamic just with backstage promos and stuff like that because we'd quite often just go, right, who wants to talk first? And, one of us would start and then maybe Jackie would end or whatever. We could just go completely 
by the seat of my pants mm-hmm. and something at least passable would come out. Sometimes it was just us screaming mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm carry on, but mm-hmm. people seem to like it. Oh, it did, it did and it helped to build to the wedding, obviously, at the event. That was obviously something, obviously, the, the Bram coming in there. That one, uh, what was your thoughts on how that actually went on the night? Well, it was, uh, I mean, wrestling weddings are kind of, I mean, obviously it's it's the epitome of sports entertainment. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Yeah. Like, oh, we've seen many bad things and we've seen people getting drugged at weddings. Ah, we've seen exactly. people take heart attacks. Heart attacks, <laughs> people getting... Yeah, just loads of. I thought we could do something different, and you never see it on the Indies. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not that many promotions that can do kind of long story based stuff, and it was a way to kind of move things along with the polos and the 55 and the. The wedding itself was just, I mean, Jackie, Jackie actually organised a lot of that in terms of the planning of right. Like, he got the set made up, and I, it, it, it was a, a good opportunity as well for myself and uh, Viper to really show what we could both do on the mic as well. Yeah, this was kind of before she's kind of, obviously now she's exploded onto the scene. This is kind of yeah. when she wasn't as. Ah, she was just kind of on the on the cusp, but yeah. I mean, she showed that like she could come across really well on camera, not just in the wrestling role, but in mm. the kind of like this is the kind of stuff that makes for good TV. Yeah, and that was always why we were like, well, if we're going to do the wedding, we've got to do it in front of the biggest crowd. And Shugs is that at the time in the ABC, which was the regular venue for Shugs. Obviously this year it's going to be a little different different because of the fire. But it was, yeah, I, I love the ABC. Oh, it's a great, it's, it's my favourite venue for ICW shows. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just so good. Because like, I love the barras as well, but I like I like the slightly higher ceiling in the ABC. Mm. Um, like it's, got good, it's good acoustics, it's a good size for the kind of mid-year show. Mm-hmm. Obviously the Hydro's the huge one at the end of the year, but this is kind of the, the summer slam, I suppose, is the yeah. closest. If, it, if, it's the, if it's the job perfectly, obviously location-wise, yeah. or disco ball hanging from the ceiling, ah, interesting. Oh, don't it make me, make me sad. I know, that was my first thought when I saw the fire, I was like, oh no, what's going to happen to It was kind of like, first thought was, is everybody okay? And then it was like, what's happening to disco ball? Well, to the to shugs, but I know, the disco ball as well. But, yeah, that was unfortunate, but I'm still, I'm excited for this, you're going into the Go to Academy. It's going to be something different, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's kind of the closest you can get to the ABC in terms of just the look of the place, because yeah. a lot of the... All the two venues are similar old theatres. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the wedding. So <laughs> again, I, th- I thought it came across great. It's like one of the more kind of memorable things, and it set up for me and Bram. And it was never necessarily meant to go, you know, a full year. Mm-hmm. It just kind of that's, you know, things happened. Bram had some issues outside of wrestling that kind of took him away yeah. for a little bit. And then it just it kind of kept being postponed. But mm-hmm. Dallas always wanted to come back to it. I got hurt for a little bit, I hurt my shoulder. And eventually, kind of, it was like February. So you're going from the July to the February, where I don't think we'd even been on the same show together. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I'd obviously got on the mic and said some stuff, but there was a big, big gap. Before we actually were in the same building, yeah. <laughs> and I think to many people, the the feud in the match with Braham was kind of your first big push into kind of the upper mid card main event type circuit. Yeah. 
the match with him in the cage the year after it. What was your memories of that match itself? Because it was one of your first out, as I say, in a prominent role. Yeah. Bram's one of the best wrestlers in the world. I don't think everybody agrees because they don't always understand why that is, but when you're in there with him... Like, you don't get, you don't get the WWE for yeah, any reason, you know? WWE and even uh, yeah, TNA, TNA and as well. He made, I mean, he basically made his name in TNA. Yeah, well... He was in there. He was originally meant to be in the Ascension in WWE. I know. I, I, I remember. Was I think it, he probably, Kenneth Cameron. I think he probably looks back and think, oh, I've, I've done no bad. But again, that was a kind of. Like, it was me who'd suggested doing the last match in a cage. Right. We'd, we'd done one in London. We did a street fight, and then we'd kind of left it as that could potentially be it, but it would be better if it led to. A big, a big blow off in Glasgow. Yeah. And we did like a random tag match in Birmingham or something. I don't know if that was the night before the cage or. E- either way, we get to the match and again, I've went from, you know, a complete bottom of the ladder, nobody basically, to being put in this prominent position against a guy that's a legitimate international star. Right. And I'm like, oh god, I'm gonna be found out. <laughs> People are gonna find out I'm rubbish. <laughs> but nah, you just really, I, I knew I'd be able to. The mind of the bargain, but it was about showing everybody that I could. And that, that match was just one of the more spectacular stories, I think. It was one of the first kind of, obviously, they kind of done it with Bram and Ravy Davy in a way, you know, so it's kind of you were one of the first ones who kind of had that type yeah. of, of drama to it, you know, as opposed yeah. to before that, they were more like known for the hardcore wrestling style. So oh, yeah. it's, like, it's a great example of how. Doing a type of storyline like that, mm-hmm. a bit more drama to it. Yeah, well, again, like, I always think wrestling's meant to be kind of soap opera, really. That's what they say, essentially. Yeah. A, a male soap opera yeah. is described as by some people. I, I'm not, I mean, I like technical wrestling and things like that, and I've tried to do it, and I can do it to a reasonable degree. Mm-hmm. Crowd doesn't care when I do it. It's they, don't, they, don't, they don't care. Yeah, like, we, like I'll go in and I'll put sometimes really elaborate holds on, and it won't get nearly the reaction that it'll get from shouting oh. <laughs> like, right, Okay, well that works for a reason. Let's do that. So you, I always focus more on sort of personality-based stuff, and like, it's not because I'm lazy or don't know how to wrestle or anything like that. I mean, look who, look who trained me. Aye, exactly. A five-star aye. match. Yeah, no aye. one railed. Aye, well, aye. <laughs> like, those... Like, I've got a few critics who lambast me for not necessarily taking a lot of risks and stuff like that, but I'm like, I'm not the guy who should be doing the, the dives out of the ring mm-hmm. or, you know, going 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. I'm not that kind of wrestler, and I think some people try to be when they're not that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the cage match is a kind of perfect representation of my sort of style. Mm-hmm. Same with Brahms as well. I, I mean, obviously it's 50-50 in there. You're, like, it takes two guys to make a great match. Yeah. Three including the ref. <laughs> in fact, there were a bunch of run-ins in that match. So really, it takes like six people. <laughs> but yeah, that I mean, the crowd reaction and the kind of praise after it showed that we kind of nailed it. Yeah, and you talked about that was one of the first ones in the main event, but then you, obviously months later you would go on, you would be more involved, and obviously the big angle in the company with the in Dallas, big oh, match yeah. at the Hydro as well. I mean, you were in there with literally the likes of, obviously Drew was in there, yeah. you had Grado and that, and your team working with guys, like obviously like Drew, main event talents oh, yeah. around the world. It was, that obviously it was a match full of top, top guys, and <laughs> it's like one of these things is not like the other. DCT's in there. Why is DCT in there? <laughs> The reason DCT was in there is because Noam Dar got signed. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was probably going to be doing something else, but at the same time, like I've said earlier, hate what you can get, and that is pretty much a main event spot. It was second last match. Probably should have been on last. Um, some people are thinking it should have been on last. Said. Obviously, you had to cut that angle in the main pit. Cut that angle there. That's kind of and Joe Coffey. Yeah, Joe, Joe and Kurt. I, I felt like that was either match could have went on last, but we didn't. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave it at that. But well, that, obviously with the likes of Drew, and obviously that's kind of oh, yeah. working with that. I mean, obviously it helped a little bit. I would help you in the ring working with these guys. Yeah, just being in there, kind of, you, you're kind of raised up a little bit by association. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, again, I kind of you've got to thank you know Dallas for looking at me for that spot because there's there's a lot of other guys who could have asked yeah. to do it. Um, but he, he went for me, and I was like, well, okay, well, I may just be a small cog in that kind of larger machine that was that match but it was yeah it was a, it was a real vote of confidence really it was kind of a nice pat in the back to be able to go all right i'm i'm in with, there with these guys i can clearly hang you got your big big entrance at the high school oh well. oh i obviously it was the big wrestlemania entrances up and yeah the version of it, it was amazing coming out with colonel mustard and uh, the big jacob <laughs> It was, it was pretty spectacular just to see there was a great photo of the whole team assembled on the stage so the one from the back yeah yeah, yeah. and it's just that's kind of one of my favourite moments ever just standing there with them getting ready to run down and I actually got so fired up that uh, I nearly went to run all the way past to start fighting with them then I realised everyone else had went in the ring and I went oh I, I'll probably go into <laughs> I probably don't want to fight four guys on long no I don't, I don't. It's a great match, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. It's one of my favourites, wasn't it? My favourite of the show. Again, that was pure drama, wasn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's what you get. And kind of like, and, uh, having Finn Balor in at the end as well. Oh, I mean, great. that's just the cherry on top. Absolutely. Now, moving on, obviously, now to the mix. The show's coming up. Yep. Obviously, your, your big shot, your shot at the big gold yep. against Stevie. Yeah. I've had back and forth in the last few weeks. Obviously, he's faced off once before. He's actually noted that, yes, you've beat him, but he's beat you when it mattered. What is your kind of game plan to get, get one up on him this time and walk away with a big belt? Well, my main plan is to go in and bully him. Right. I'm bigger than him. I've been uh, deliberately putting on some size. I'm trying to hit 220 pounds for this match. Right. I'm hoping to out-muscle him, out-fight him. And at the end of the day, he's got more experience than I do. Mm-hmm. Right. He's been in the business a lot a lot longer. He's been in about 11 years. He started when he was about 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Absolutely crazy. He's incredibly talented. How can I combat that by battering him? <laughs> in, in short, because I've got a lot more to lose than he does. Well, you kinda, you say obviously going in and battering him, you kinda, we talked to Elleron about when you had that moment we ran through in the square goal. A few weeks ago, obviously, you had that bloody match room at the garage. Oh, yeah. Where you literally battered each other yeah. to pieces, which was a kind of different, not really a side we see from you. It kind of shows yeah, how much you kind of want it, you know? Yeah. It kind of shows that maybe Stevie's words kind of get to you and you wanted to kind of prove something. Because um, you literally fought him one, like with bruised up with one leg. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, got to take opportunities when they present themselves. And I became number one contender earlier that night. The opportunity was there to win the title. Why not take it? Everybody's got, if there's a chance, grab it. Mm-hmm. The unfortunate thing is that there were so many bodies ran in during that match. With Stevie, a war with Renfrew earlier in the night, and mm-hmm. I've had some of my best matches with Renfrew. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for some reason, as much as I like him, I really like hitting him. <laughs> and he really likes hitting me. And I feel like he's hitting a lot of people. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> that's true. But 
for some reason it kind of just turns to magic when we two, uh, when we both beat the absolute tar out of each other. Yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way because we can always shake hands and have a beer after it. Ah, totally. But you were saying obviously there's a lot of things going on and obviously Absolutely, when yeah. you get Stevie, you get Kaylee, you get Lewis, you yeah. get Aspen. Do you have any plans to get rid of how you deal with them? Well, I mean... My prop is it. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know if there's much I can do to really keep them from running in. If they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. My proposition is that we both go in equal, mm-hmm. have one corner man each. I go in with coach, he goes in with, say, Kaylee. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe one of the kings of cat, but realistically, if it's a one-on-one situation and he can only one person, it's probably going to be Kaylee. That's my proposition. If he wants to go for that, brilliant. If not, brilliant. I'm still going to bash him. <laughs> um, I, do love, I do love a bit of conscience. It's always him. No <laughs> point not being conscious. That's in a business for shy guys, you know. Uh, oh, no, definitely not. And obviously, you're that conscious that you're willing to put your place in the country <laughs> on the line, essentially. Well, earlier this year, uh, Kenny Williams put up his ICW career in a match with Stevie. He lost, and then the loophole was that he went to Rudolph. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't really good enough, obviously. Stevie wants to kind of collect some scalps, right? Mm-hmm. That's what he's going for here. And he suggested to me when, obviously, I'd used up my number one contendership. That was his proposition. You really want it that bad? Put it all nine. Or something like that. I'll, I'll chop off my, my leg to get a shot. It's going to show how much it obviously means to you oh, to yeah. go for, because obviously it's a world belt. Yeah. Well, look at the, the names who've held it. Drew Galloway, Grado, Demo, slash Killian Dane. The list goes on. Mikey Whiplash, even back to Red Lightning at his peak. Mm-hmm. There's so many amazing bodies that have held that title. I want my name on the list. Yeah, because obviously you, you are obviously champion like the Reckless Intent now. You are the champion, but obviously yeah. not a world belt. Obviously, they've been said to have a belt. A world title is a bit is a massive honour. Yeah. Well, the, the reason you know Drew kind of made the ICW title the world title. He took it all over the world with him. He really gave it that prestige, the notoriety, and having that around your waist is such a badge of honour. Because ICW at the end of the, the end of the day is still quite possibly the top UK independent promotion. Nobody's ran up a belt the size of the Hydro. Yeah. Well. Some have tried and they've got, well, there's Five Star who got a couple of hundred, maybe a thousand people in. Obviously, Progress have got the big show at Wembley Arena coming up. So they've got to see if they can beat that 6,000 figure. I mean, that's a huge number. That's an incredible number for yeah. independent wrestling. Oh, yeah. ICW is still the top of the, the ladder. In my opinion, uh-huh. some people might argue, don't get me wrong, some great promotions out there. ICW is the best. Right, and you're the best man working there, you're the champion. So that's how much it means. I, and now Dallas has kind of leveled the playing fields. Yeah. He's put Stevie's status in the country on the line as well mm-hmm. uh, at the last ICW fight club. So both can't let to lose here. Mm. I've, I, I've, got, well, I've, got, I've got a lot to lose. I'm not signed for any contract outside of ICW. Mm. I don't know if I can say the same for Stevie. He's he's got some stuff in the pipeline. I don't. I've I've never did a WWE tryout. I'm not going to work for World of Sport. I'm not going to uh, New Japan. I think a DC guy from New Japan would be quite interesting. Oh, I'd love to go. But I mean, if I if I'm out of ICW, 
I don't necessarily have anything to fall back on. Mm. So if I do lose, I'm kind of screwed. <laughs> so I better not lose. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the kind of thing, obviously, usually confident. So you couldn't end up walking out with the big belt, you know. And it's obviously a first night in the old academy, the ISW's run, to be the last man. But obviously at the end of the night for the title would be something else do you moving briefly away from that any plans moving forward in your career as a wrestler obviously win lose or draw yeah what's your plans going what's your, what would be your dream plans going forward well the dream you know is to go and do the main event in WrestleMania and all that sort of <laughs> stuff but uh, that's not necessarily going to happen WWE would be the end goal mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie that would be the end goal but I've still got a long way to go I'm only 28 years old still young in my career I don't know if I've got specific goals right now. That's the kind of long-term goal. Right. But I just want bigger and better. I want to have more five-star matches with more opponents. I want to wrestle for more promotions all over the world. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of the general idea. <laughs> and, you know, just make a, a boatload of money, doesn't it? <laughs> That's the, that is the dream, that is the dream. It's a business after all. Absolutely. Now, finally, in Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet fashion, we have some quick-fire questions. Okay. We'd like you to do off the cuff of your head. So, just the first thing that comes to your head. No pressure. Right. No pressure. Uh, rock or Austin? Rock. Night in or night out? Night in. <laughs> Did not expect that. Yeah. Cody or Omega? Omega. PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Favourite wrestling paper do you all think? SummerSlam 2002 is coming into my head, but... That, uh, can't even think what that one was. <laughs> rock, rock, rock. Oh, rock, rock. Uh, oh, angle. Rain Steel as well. Aye. First match. It's like best opener, best main event. Oh. Maybe not best, but like, it's the first one that comes to mind. Good choice. Uh, favourite venue you've read? ABC. Favourite tag team other than the polo? <laughs> Moi Tash. Me and Adam Carell. Now there's a, there's a throwback. <laughs> no, um, favourite tag team other than the polos? Rock and Roll Express. Ooh, <laughs> great choice. Biggest inspiration? Jerry King of Honor. Singlet and <laughs> Where did you get stolen from? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Favourite wrestler of all time? Sean Michaels. Thomas Cairns or Sean McLaughlin? <laughs> Chris Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not touching that one because I need to put up with both of them. I've hazled them both, so I'm not touching that one. <laughs> then you won't like my final one then. Oh, Matt no. Coffey or Jackie Bolo? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you say Mark because Jackie's a dick. I love them both. I do love them both equally. But we do like to put you on the spot there. We do it with everybody. There's the one with the Sam Barber experience. We put him on the spot something often. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah with uh, Veronica, Molly or uh, Jen Louise. <laughs> I'm not touching that one. Absolutely not. <laughs> my answer is Viper. <laughs> so yeah, that's all, that's all my questions, mate. Oh, thank you to your DCT for joining me today on this lovely, beautiful day in Belksville with no trains issues. Oh. <laughs> I'd just like to finish this podcast by absolutely burying the score. <laughs> <laughs> who uh, provided us with an absolute disaster but we've come out the other side and we've had a lovely wee chat and I had a lovely Guinness yesterday because of it (laughs) (laughs) I suppose we can thank Scott Rail for that (laughs) so if you've liked this or any of our interviews follow us on social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Suplex Retweet go to subscribe to us on iTunes Anchor or any Android device again that's Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet we've got a huge back catalogue so again thanks again DCT oh Listen, cunts, I don't care what the f*** you think you're doing, whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d***.
tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the fuck you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions, get on it right now. Sports Social Podcast Network.